The top stories from across the New York Tri-State. From the WCBS 880 Newsroom, this is the All Local. A 34-year-old suspect has been charged with murder in the stabbing death of FDNY EMS Lieutenant Allison Russo as she was getting lunch yesterday in Queens. Our Sean Adams spoke with some of her stunned colleagues outside EMS Station 49 in Astoria. Outside EMS Station 49, eyes swollen with tears, long embraces, voices quivering with emotion. EMTs and paramedics huddled together and spoke lovingly about their friend, Lieutenant Allison Russo, who was attacked at random, stabbed, butchered, just half a block away from the station. Deputy Chief Greg Brady. She spent each day trying to be there for the men and women that are standing behind me to make sure they went home safely. And tragically, she didn't have that ability to retire. 24 years. Paramedic Madeline Higueros. A heart of gold. She was here for the whole station. She made sure that we were all okay. Lieutenant Nancy Ledger. She was the mother hen of the station. She was always looking out for everybody. She was always there. She was someone you could talk to. She would always call me on my days off. And it, it, there's no words that can express the pain that we're feeling right now. In Astoria, Sean Adams, WCBS News Radio 880. There is shock and grief on Long Island as Lieutenant Russo's friends and neighbors try to process her murder. WCBS Sophia Hall spoke with some of them in Huntington. Jackie Gardner was a very close friend and neighbor of FDNY EMT Lieutenant Allison Russo. They were so close, they spoke a few times a day. Gardner had just gotten off the phone with Russo 20 minutes before she died. She was lovely. She was very active. She um, enjoyed the outdoors. She loved the beach. She loved her little dog, Bailey. We just walked him. Gardner is dedicating a bench that sits across the street to Russo. People person, real people person, yeah. I mean... Anybody who would pass by with their kids or their dog, she would start up a conversation with them. Another neighbor is in shock. She's just a beautiful woman, and I feel sick in my stomach. Katie Donegan is the first deputy chief of the Huntington Community First Aid Squad where Russo volunteered, she tells me. Feisty, fiery, lit up a room when she walked in, just had a beaming smile. She was an exceptional storyteller. Russo leaves behind her daughter, her parents, and a brother. They all live here on Long Island. In Huntington, Sophia Hall, WCBS News Radio 880. The Red Cross of Greater New York is sending crews and supplies to Florida to help the state recover from Hurricane Ian. Here's WCBS's Christy Kalishian. And the Red Cross Emergency Response Vehicle, or IRV, is off to Orlando, Florida. I keep raising my hand over and over and over again because I'm really passionate about the mission of the Red Cross to alleviate human suffering. Volunteer Vivian is on her 13th national deployment. She's going down as a feeding volunteer alongside volunteer Nancy in the IRV. About 730 Red Cross volunteers are on the ground in areas struck by Hurricane Ian. So far, 25 from the greater New York region and 15 from from New Jersey. Diane Concanon with Red Cross New Jersey Region. During Superstorm Sandy, the American Red Cross in this area saw so many volunteers come from around the country and actually from around the world. So for many New Jerseyans, we feel it's a way of not only giving back, but also paying forward. In Hell's Kitchen, Christy Kalishian, WCBS News Radio 880. WCBS News Time 507. 
Let's get the weather forecast from our chief meteorologist, Craig Allen. And Craig, how big is this Ian system for us to be seeing the uh, clouds and the humidity now already? Extends all the way on up the coastline. And, uh, you know, Ian is now going to weaken and get a little bit smaller and continue to lose strength in terms of wind. But the rain, there's so much tropical moisture associated with it, and that is swinging up the coast pretty quickly. So we're going to get a a pretty decent soaking tomorrow. Uh, It may not get too far north into the mid-Hudson Valley. I I don't know if the, the heaviest rain is going to get that far or above, let's say, central Connecticut, but certainly the city, Long Island, Jersey, nearby suburbs uh, could could see anywhere from one to as much as three inches of rain before this weekend is over. And we need it. It's just that it's coming on a weekend. 50 to 55 tonight, 55 to 60 tomorrow. Also, gusty winds coming in from off the ocean tomorrow. Strongest gusts of 30, 35 miles per hour will be felt along the coast. And then Sunday and Monday, mainly cloudy with some rain or drizzle still around at times and highs between 60 and 65. The storm right now, the center is uh, what's left of it is 20 miles to the north of Myrtle Beach, moving on up into uh, North Carolina. And like I said, the rain is spreading up the coastline very quickly and should be here overnight. Craig Allen, thanks. The City Council Committee met today on how to help the migrants being sent here from the southern border. Here's WCBS's Mac Rosenberg at City Hall. The 1,000-bed Orchard Beach tent city went up this week as concerns swirl about whether it's the right way to go about sheltering migrants. The Adams administration shrugged off those concerns, chief among them that this site will not comply with right-to-shelter regulations. Those regulations say that people receiving shelter have the right to beds three feet apart, lockers, linens, towels and toiletries, mail and laundry service. It's not clear if any of those services will be available at Orchard Beach. City officials say it's a voluntary site. At today's immigration committee hearing, council members will hear from Zach Iskell, head of emergency management, and Manuel Castro, immigration services commissioner. At City Hall, Mac Rosenberg, WCBS News Radio, 880. There's controversy over a bill passed in the House that expands a pool of money for 9-11 families. The issue is not what it does, but what it does not do. WCBS's Peter Haskell reports. The bill provides $3 billion to compensate 9-11 victims and their families. But the same dollar amount is needed to fully fund the World Trade Center Health Program. 9-11 advocate John Field is furious. He says Congressman Jerry Nadler and Frank Pallone should have pushed for their health funding. Shame on them for not knowing their priorities. 120,000 people to 5,000 people. And don't get me wrong, those 5,000 plus people deserve everything they get. But so did 120,000 people in the World Trade Center Health Program being treated for their illnesses. The medical program needs the money to accept new patients after 2026 and keep its doctors. Because the collateral damage, if this doesn't get done, will cause more pain and suffering and deaths in the 9-11 community faster than they should be. Nadler and Pallone are committee chairmen. We've reached out to both for comment. Peter Haskell. WCBS News Radio 880. And we have heard from Congressman Pallone, who says the program does not expire until 2025 and the funding can be put in the end of the year spending bill. Stay informed. Stay connected. Subscribe to the WCBS 880 All Local at WCBS880.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.